You know, this the subject that I'm that I'm going to talk about today is is um, a subject that is something that we we all know. Uh, however, it's something that oftentimes we have a difficulty exercising, especially in the moment and in in the time and depending on the time of uh, the, what we're dealing with. And that's trusting in the process. There's a, there's a sure and steadfast process that, that he has provided us in his word. And when, when we oftentimes we're, we're tasked with making a decision, right, whether it's the right or wrong decision. And I like how the fact that we always boil a lot of our decisions down to right and wrong, but sometimes they're not always right and wrong. Sometimes they're good, better, and better, right, or best, I would say. In, in, or they, they run the scale of, you know, that wasn't the wisest decision. It wasn't the, um, uh, I, I'll do better next time, or whatever it is, right? And so we think about those kinds of things, at least I do, and there's some simple questions to ask ourselves. And one of them, will this make my life better or will it make it more difficult? That's a question we, we can ask ourselves, right? Two, will this help me as a Christian, as a, as a servant? Will, will this help me? The, the other thing is, is that on that line, what do you mean by will this help me? Is it progression or is it regression? In other words, is, is this decision going to help thrust my family forward if you're a family person, right? And, or my life? Will it help me to, to make better choices and, you know, spend more time in the word, do more redeeming things in the community? You know, uh, you, know you start thinking about what, what, what does this do? And third is, have I consulted, you know, godly people, God himself and godly people who will be honest with me? Why is that important? Because if you only talk to the people that tell you what you want to hear, you have an echo chamber. That's how it works. And in order for you to have a growth mindset which I believe the scripture supports a growth mindset. In other words, we're supposed to grow and mature in the Lord, right? We're supposed to progress. It could be absolutely incremental, little by little, inch by inch, millimeter by millimeter, just a little at a time. But that is still growth and progression and movement. Amen? But if we're making decisions and if we make choices that are counterproductive... And they cause regression, or they divert us away. It takes away from the It takes away from progress, and it takes away from the movement from the in, in the positive categories. It, it kind of takes us in, on a diversion. It takes us off the path. It takes us down a road that you're like, oh man, what am I doing over here? Right? It happens to all of us. It happens sometimes on a micro level, really small level. But then other times it happens to us on, on, you know, big levels, macro levels. It's like, oh my gosh, how did I end up here? So it runs the scale of all of that. And generally speaking, the big decisions and the big, big life-changing events that we have in our life that you look at and go, well, how'd that happen? Generally speaking, they're all small decisions that lead up to that. Nobody wakes up and decides today I'm no longer going to serve God. You get to that by a slow deviation 
and a slow trend away from the word of God. Away from, you no longer study your Bible. You no longer, or you don't study it as often. You don't study it with the intent of that the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. You don't, you know, we know, we treat it as a check the box item. We, we look at it as, I'm done. We treat church like a check the box item rather than what is God going to say to me today? Because today is a blessed opportunity to have a visitation with the Lord, is it not? Something divine takes place when you walk through those doors today. We're in the presence of God. We're in the presence of his Holy Spirit. He is going to come down and teach us and, and impart on us some things of wisdom. This is not something that is a simple check the box item, even though we can do that. Someone doesn't wake up and go, you know what, today I'm going to leave my wife. Or I'm going to leave my husband today. Correct? No, there's been a slow trend on that. You've had the looky-loos. You've been looking at things. You've been doing things. You've been engaging in behaviors. All the little things that lead up to that, that bring you to that point. And then it happens. It seems so sudden. Oh, no, there's little things along the way that happened to us. But we have a process, and there's a process founded in the Word of God that I believe, and it says, you know, that is tried and true. Life decisions should involve two to three honest people. The decisions that we make. Unless you, unless the decision you make, you're, you're pretty sure that has proven to be a good decision and then you can vet it through the word of God and what the, the, what the scripture says and it, the Lord gives you peace about it. I, I understand that. But if you have been met with hardship and failure and you have been unsuccessful in your decisions and the, the results have not netted the result that you want, it might be time to consult the Lord. It might be time to consult somebody that will tell you the truth and not want to tickle your ears. See, a preacher that wants to tickle your ears is a preacher that will tell you, you don't ever have to do anything. Everything's all right. Don't worry about it. You're so awesome. Don't worry about it. Everything's great. Now, is there a time and place to pump people up? Is there a time and place to encourage? Absolutely. Scripture teaches us that. Is it not? But the scripture is also very clear about being honest and being honest with ourselves and the honest pursuit in, in our in our pursuit of God and the scripture. He's given us the tools that are available and readily accessible through the scripture. This is biblical. OK, this is there's no this is no even though we're talking about trust the process. This is applicable to our lives. You look at it and go, well, what does the scripture teach us? The first thing to look at is in Proverbs, the third proverb. We bring, I bring these things up because we're, we're in the process. <laughs> it's the new year. We're making decisions. We're making plans. We're doing things in our lives, which I, I'm thoroughly excited about and, and and hope that you are as well but he tells us in in verses five and six there's this trust in the lord with all your heart 
And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. That is an implication. That is, the, the, the implication in that is what? That in and of ourselves, we're insufficient. In order for us to increase our chances of success as a Christian... We lean on him and not ourselves. We lean on what the word of God says and not ourselves. We look to what, who God has placed into our lives. Remember, we've talked about the basic institutions that he's left us here on this earth to help guide us through this life. Amen. It's the church. It's the Holy Spirit. The word of God and prayer. Those are those things. They're the foundation of our faith. The foundation of any faith, really, that is Christian based. He's given us all of these things as tools and instruments and things that, that we can exercise and we can we can create value and have value and be able to engage in and have these things so that we can be successful. And I'm not talking about Joel Osteen successful where he's going to line your pockets. I'm talking about successful decisions that we make as Christians. Excluded from money. Although money may be a part of it for some. And that's fine too. But we have to understand to not lean on our own understanding. Well, so how, do, how, do we, how do you functionally, how do you applicably approach that? It's really simple. When you're about to make a decision, when you're fixing to make a decision, when you're fixing to go do something, right, that has potential impact for yourself and your family, consult God. Don't lean on your own understanding. He will make your path straight. How can he make your path straight? You have to, now follow me here. In order for your path to be made straight, you have to invite God into your situation. Amen? You have to ask him for that guidance. That's not something that I'm asking you to do. That's not something that, that I think is a good idea. It's, it's the truth as it pertains to the gospel. In other words, you cannot think that simply a unilateral decision that we make. We say, I'm going to do this and God help me. No, that's not how that works. You go to him and say, Lord, is this what you would have me to do? And sometimes you have to sit back and wait and listen. But depends on what it is. But he's faithful and true to provide you the answer. We have to relinquish the fact that it's not our answer that we're looking for. It's the answer that he gives us. That's hard sometimes. But in order for us to not lean on our own understanding, we have to seek his understanding. We have to invite him into our situation. We have to invite him into the choice and the decision that we're going to make. That is done through prayer. It is done through study. It is done through the church. It is done through the seeking of the eldership, the seeking of somebody that is wiser and older than you, somebody that is more spiritual than you. Some of you need to learn that you're not the most spiritual person in any given room at one time. 
Sometimes you look at it and go, what do you mean? Well, when we have a sense of pride about ourselves, well, I'm not going to ask anybody. Well, I'll get it figured out. No, that's not necessarily how that works. Sometimes you can be. Sometimes you are good enough. And sometimes, hey, the Lord has given you the answer because it happens. Does it not? There are decisions and choices that we make in life that you, you've petitioned God. And you know what? He's given you the answer. And right on, rock on, go for it. But then there's some decisions and some choices that we make. Man, we just don't know. Am I, am I speaking the truth there when I say that? There's something I don't know what to do right here. I'm afraid of the person that says, I always know what to do. Unless that always is, I ask God. Okay, fair enough. You get, you get a passing grade on that one, okay? We must invite him in. In 37th Psalm, in verse 1 it says, Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers. Verse 1, 37th Psalm, verse 1. For they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. In order for us to receive God's will for our life, we have to trust him. <laughs> Sounds like an easy thing, doesn't it? You're like, yeah, I got to trust him. That is easier said than it is done. Especially when we don't know and we don't understand what we're supposed to be doing or we're unsure. Oh, boy. But he gives us the understanding and he gives us the scripture and says, listen, commit your way to the Lord. It says that he will give us the desires of our heart. You know, I've had people over the years come to me and go, hey, you know, I've prayed about this and I've sought counsel about it. And, you know, this is the decision I'm going to make. And now if it's I, I, one thing I've learned, if if somebody has come to me and and they're making a life decision that has the potential impact for their family, for their children and things like that. And if they have not consulted with anybody um, that is not their peer, but an elder or, or somebody that is more spiritual than themselves, I am very, very leery of the decision and or agreeing to the decision that is going to be made. Because the scripture teaches us that we're supposed to seek out counsel. When you don't seek out counsel and you make unilateral decisions, you might, you, you'll be all right, maybe, but there, there could be, there could be some challenges therein. And it, 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 it makes me very uneasy. And I have to remind myself sometimes of that, that same principle for myself as well, where you go, you know, have I talked to anybody about this? I don't talk to a peer. I talk to somebody that's got more experience than myself. I talk to somebody that's been through it more times than I have. 
Why? Because I leverage their experience. I leverage their knowledge. I leverage their, their spiritual understanding. And then I can learn from them on how to incorporate that into my decision. And you could do the same. But he tells us there that when we commit our ways to the Lord and, and, and uh, we, I like this, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. You, you heard me earlier. One of those decisions, the three questions we asked, was there progression or regression based on our decisions, right? Is this going to progress me in the faith or is it going to cause a regression? And this, cultivate faithfulness. In other words, what does that mean? Bring about growth. Put in the work to produce faith. In the 14th proverb, in verse 12, I'm going to read a few of these in a row just to kind of give you guys a spattering of Scripture that, that kind of gives you an idea of, of what the Scripture teaches. And so, and we're all in this boat together because this is, a, this is addressing mankind, our flesh nature. It says in verse 12, there is a way which seems right to man, but its end is, is the way of death. In other words, in and of ourselves, it's failure. By ourselves, it's failure. The 16th proverb, verse 25, it says, There is a way which seems right in man, but the end is the, the but its end is the way of death. Hmm. Says it again. He teaches us the ways to do that. I only bring these things up because you and I, this is not me talking about. I don't have the same problems and I don't have the same nature as everybody that sits out there. I have the same nature. The people that are successful in the Lord, the people that, that make progress in the Lord, you look at their lives and you go, well, how do they do that? They know intrinsically about themselves. They know and understand at the core of, of who we are as mankind, we need God. The immature Christian, the Christians that can't seem to get out of their own way are the ones that continually make decisions aside and apart from God. You know, what, what, why is this not working? Did you ask God? No, I just assumed he was going to step in and intervene. That's not how it works. Sometimes he does it, but it's usually it's <laughs> it's in a very, very uh, dire circumstance sometimes in Scripture. And we can talk about the scriptural examples that are given to us there. But he tells us it doesn't have to be that way. In the 16th proverb, it says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Hmm. How do you do that? Well, first thing to do is to ask the Lord whether or not this is his will. You ask him if this is, this is his will for your life. This is this what you would want? 
Is this what you want, Father? Right? And then, you know, maybe we don't know. But you ask. And we commit our works to him. So in other words, I'm, I'm committed to you. I do everything for you. He teaches this in, in Philippians chapter 4. That this isn't done by accident. It's not done without intentful consideration. Tells us in verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Talk to him. Ask him. What does God say about it? What does he want? Pray about it. Teaches us there to have thanksgiving in our hearts. Luke chapter 14, we read last week. Don't turn there because you go over there and the, the parable that, that is applied there is that you calculate the cost. You look at it. What do you mean the cost? Every life decision that you take, whether it be your job, whether it be your hobbies or whatever it is, the things that you engage in, the activities that we engage in, will this help or hurt? Will it hinder? Will it, will it send me down the path of progression or regression? You think about those things. A lot of the decisions we make, and I'm not talking about the trivial stuff, okay? There's a lot of little things that, you know, the Lord did, you know, you know, the Lord doesn't care where you're going to eat lunch today, okay? He's going to feed you. He's not overly concerned about <laughs> whether you're going to Denny's, which I pray that you wouldn't go to Denny's, but, you know, or Hodel's, right? I'm not a big Denny's fan. <laughs> so. In the fourth proverb... One of the things that that I think about, it's one of my favorite two verses, two or three, actually three verses. It's one of my favorite Proverbs, the scripture that's, that's given to us there is that you talk about, he says, he will make your path straight, right? We've read that a couple times now. Well, it's kind of an interesting concept. When you make your path straight, your direction is sure. It's straightforward. It's going in the direction that God wants you to go. Israel's journey in the desert should have taken them how long? 11 days. About 11 days, right? It's not, not a long time. But how long were they in the wilderness for? Yeah, those, those foolish Jews, man. They just couldn't get it figured out. Yeah, if you're looking at it that way, maybe you're not understanding human behavior. Well, how could they do that? I don't know. How can we make some of the decisions that we make and wander for 40 years too, <laughs> right? And kind of meander about. 
I know this, 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 you know, you look at it and you're like, hey, from point A to point B. But he does. And I think that the, the, what's important for us to understand is that not, I think it would be naive for us to think that we're not going to have some deviating decisions and things that get us off course from time to time. Amen. Isn't that a fair statement? We are going to do things that are contrary to what God would have us to do. It's going to happen, is it not? No, brother, we would never do that. You're a liar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or delusional. Yes, we're going to make decisions that aren't the best. So he gives us scripture to point us and gives us biblical direction. In, in, in the fourth proverb, verse 25, it says, Let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. You will not have all the answers all the time. We will deviate. There will be things that come up in our lives there will be struggles, there will be challenges, that we'll go through seasons and difficulties and we'll go, man, I'm just not getting it right right now. It happens. But you have the word of God and you have this type of scripture here. You read it and it says, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to change where my eyes are focused. Maybe I need to, to put my eyes on the Lord. Well, I've been in church every Sunday. But man, that doesn't... That doesn't guarantee success. It's a pretty good step. Don't get me wrong. And if you come to church because you want to be filled with the spirit and you want to learn from the word of God and you want to be involved and you want to engage, well, your degree of success goes up exponentially then. But it's the same thing. You think about it from this standpoint. You learned, I learned early on in my marriage, I learned that if I could recite the last five things that my wife said, I got away with it for a little while, right? So what did I just say? Especially when the TV was on, right? You said such and such and such and such. Well, then she got smart. It wasn't much longer. And she said, what did I say before that? Ugh. I have no idea. So I learned... To shut the TV off. Because <laughs> I've learned that I can't watch the TV and listen to her. Or do anything and be distracted like that, right? You know, you learn. We, we're that way. My point is, that's human nature. Church is kind of the same way. Anything that we care about. Anything that we put value in. Anything that we're supposed to be paying attention. Anything that we do. It can be done the same way. Just because you can regurgitate the last three things that the pastor said. Doesn't mean you were really listening. Does that make sense? The reality of it is, is that I've relinquished the idea that I teach you anything. It's the Holy Spirit that does the teaching. The scripture is very clear that that is who does the teaching. Not me, not you. We are merely the vehicles and the instruments to be used in that process. That's all we are. Praise God that we are allowed to be a part of that process. But he teaches us, he says, hey, make your path straight. Fix your gaze in front of you. What is that for? That is for when you have deviated off the path and you're over off in the weeds. 
And you're looking around going, oh my gosh. I'll share a real simple golf analogy with you. And, and, and the reason, it, it, it'll make sense. For those of you that don't like golf or anything, just trust me. In golf, there's a basic principle that if you hit it straight, you don't necess necessarily have to hit it very far. Because if you hit it straight, you don't get off in the weeds and get off in the rough areas and get off and, and you, can, you can hit it 175 yards straight out in front of you out into the fairway. Well, then if you hit it straight in front of you there, you keep, you keep going. And it, you can go out there. There'll be 80-year-old guys out there, 85-year-old guys that can barely hit that ball, but they hit it straight as an arrow. And their score is better than mine. You're like, how in the world do they do that? Well, because I can hit, I can hit the ball pretty hard. But sometimes that ball takes off and goes halfway to Arkansas. And I got to go hunt it down. And I got to make it right. I got to get back over here and I got to hit it way back over there because I got to go. I've deviated off of the path. It's got to get back into the, in the, in the playable grounds. That's how our lives are sometimes. And that's the scripture. And the, the idea behind these things is that we understand what his word says. And the thing that's ultimately important, too, when you think about this is in John chapter 14. Verse 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. A lot of times you say, is it right or is it wrong? Is this the best? Well, that's just a way. The question to ask ourselves, is it the way? Is this is what God wants me to do? Is it, am I on the path of Jesus Christ? Am I going the direction that he would have me to go? We all deviate. We all have problems. We all have challenges that present themselves. There's going to be challenges this year. There's going to be deviations this year. The reality of it is, is the quicker we are to right the ship and get it back right, the better are we are. The more favorable it is for us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 13, he says, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who might live, who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we, uh, we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we have known him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature, and all things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. 
Now all things are from God, who reconciled us through himself, through Christ Jesus, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, this is important scripture, it says, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ. We reconcile to God. He made, to, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The scripture, it teaches us, and in, in, in this scripture here, is that it's no longer us who lives. It's we live in him. It's, it, he controls our lives. This is for the love of Christ controls us. The love of Christ gives us the understanding. You go, yeah, amen. It's hard sometimes, though. We have to relinquish our control to allow him to control our lives. We must submit ourselves to him. And as a Christian, you know, we, when we go through those baptismal waters, when we first put our faith in him, we start to, we start to listen to him. The spirit starts to tug on our heart and we start to go through these processes. What happens to us as Christians over time, guess what happens? We get a little desensitized to things, to the spirit. Because we're used to the motions, we're used to the things. And sometimes we forget what true submission looks like. And for there's, there's some out there that don't know what true submission is. They don't know what it means to, to put this flesh to death. They don't know what it means to trust in the Lord. Well, those are our friends. Those are the people out in the world that we share the gospel with. They commit themselves to him. As the pianist comes forward, something to think about during this time, during this invitation as you all know, this, the front is available to anybody that would um, have anything on your heart uh, that you want to lay before the Lord, speak to him about. Sometimes we, we're in the position where we haven't done necessarily bad, but we just need to get right. We haven't done anything that or maybe we're right on the cusp. We want to commit ourselves to the Lord, but we're just, we just not, we're unsure about that decision to make. Well, now's the time. There's no time like the present. It doesn't, it doesn't guarantee us, keep going. It doesn't guarantee us the success every decision that we make. But he gives us the opportunity that when we don't make the right decision to be reconciled to him. To give us the opportunity to go, you know what? I messed up. We get to ask for forgiveness. We get to appeal to God as we sing.